When you died, you had the choice. You can either wander the earth forever, but you can't interact, you're like a ghost. Or you just cease to exist. What would you choose? I'd wander the earth forever. What? <laughs> I'd, tra- I'd travel, I'd like check in on my people. Just... That sounds like like hell, like literal hell. Oh. No, I think it would be kind of fun. So I can't remember what we were talking about earlier, but we were talking about something, a weird hypothetical like this. And you were like, no, I'd never be like a whatever because I need more attention than that. <laughs> you would be around everyone and you get zero attention. Oh, we were talking about like permanently invisible. <laughs> oh, yeah. You wouldn't be invisible because you don't get enough attention. Yeah. But you would be a ghost who can't interact with anything. Oh, yeah. Forever? Yes. But then in, what, 50 years, everyone he knows dead. Then what do you do? Then I'd just like watch people. I don't know. That'd be so boring. <laughs> I hate people now. <laughs> and then just having to be there and you just like wander and you're just restless forever. So you'd choose no afterlife. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. I'm banking on it. If there's an afterlife, oh, man. I'm not ready for that. I'm already so tired. <laughs> Just let me let me rest. Aww. Let me cease to exist. Ceasing to exist, like a lot of people think that that's morbid when I always say like, no, ceasing to exist sounds great. Just think of like the stillness of the grave. Oh, man, that seems so nice right now. But you can't sleep without a noise machine. Exactly. <laughs> I can't sleep. That's why I need that rest. Mm. I need the stillness of the grave. Oh, God. The tomb calls that's me. really morbid. <laughs> no, it's not. It seems nice. Mm. You love sleeping. I do love sleeping. But you'd still wander the earth forever. Yeah. What about in like 500 years when there's no people? Then I get to see what comes next. It might be thousands of years of desolation. Maybe millions of years. Mm. I'll get back to you on that. Frankly, if you said any more than 10 years of being a ghost, no way would I do it. I think I could handle it for 10. If it was 10 years of ghost life and then you just become nothing, I I might do it for 10. Are there other ghosts? Maybe, but you can't interact with them. You can't oh. see them. I don't know then. You're, you always like pose a question and I answer really like certain uh-huh. and then you sway me. That's what I'm here for. I know. <laughs> this is marriage. <laughs> Isn't that what uh, this the premise of this podcast was going to be that yes. I would show you a movie that you'd think you don't like and then I'd convince you it's good. Uh-huh. And here we are. A <laughs> hundred and something episodes in. Welcome everyone to another episode of I love this. You should too. We're members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. My name is Indy Eternal Slumber Randawa, and with me is Forever Scared Samantha Randawa. Hi! Uh, it is actually our 180th episode. There you go. So we're uh, really getting on in numbers. We are getting on in numbers. Well, today we are going to be talking about the 1988 horror film A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. The Dream Master. Dream Master. We've been going through all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets this October, so go back and listen to those other ones if you're into that, because really, if you're listening to part four, you probably like the other ones too, because <laughs> I don't know if it's the best. Mm-hmm. It's in there. It's in the middle. Well, we'll see. We'll get into it. It is a movie. Let's not yet. But in case this is your first episode somehow, uh, the way this works is we take turns bringing something to the other person, something that they normally wouldn't listen to. My pick was the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. (laughs) Indy took a month. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were saying you had no picks for spooky stuff in October. And I wanted to do part one because it's great. So let's just do all of them. Let's just do eight movies. Just like work our way through all of them. We got the time. <laughs> Not really. Not really. <laughs> I uh, finished editing part three a few hours ago. So if I uh, mix up the movies, that's why. Oh, yes. Indy's had to like really go back and do a thorough rewatching because uh, he gets into plot points from past movies while he's editing. Yeah, I can't believe Rosebud was the sled the whole time. <laughs> All right, we are going to get into this movie, and it will be a spoiler zone. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. 
But before we do that, let's thank our first sponsor, and that is Park Power. Winter is coming and energy usage for all Albertans will be increasing. So now is a great time for listeners to look at their utility bills and ensure they are on the best plan. Albertans have a choice who they pay their utility bills to. Park Power is happy to provide free, no-obligation comparisons. If you decide to switch providers, it's easy. And you can feel good knowing you are supporting local business and helping give back to our communities with your utility bills. To learn more, go to parkpower.ca. All right, Samantha, let's get into the Dream Master. Mm-hmm. So dream? It was pretty dreamy. <laughs> Although it's also reality. Also, uh, like, not a lot of dreams. I don't know. This one is... It's weird. We have but questions. <laughs> this is your first time through. You've yeah. seen four of them now. How did you like Nightmare on... I was going to say Nightmare Island mm-hmm. again. A Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It felt like one and three were a set, and then two and four were a set. Oh, I feel... I guess in quality, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And in like... Yeah, because three and four... Sensicalness? Three and four, I feel like, are a pair. Because it... Well, it is this, the continuation right. of the story. No, but I just mean like in the way it was written, in yeah. the way it was like the rules didn't really make any sense. It was very all over the place. True. This one is one that gets worse the more you think about it. Mm-hmm. I think on that first viewing we did, we watched it, and I think we had a good time. Yeah. And then we watched it just now to make some notes, and we kind of like fast forwarded and just mm-hmm. kind of went through it quickly. And then I was going like, wait, isn't she in a dream right now? Yeah. Which part's reality? And then the more you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And then all. on this rewatch, we watched it again, and we were like, is anybody ever asleep? That yeah. was kind of my final takeaway was like, so Freddy can do anything again. Yeah. After last movie, when we put some rules on him again, mm-hmm. now he can just do whatever. He can be anywhere. He can do anything. He in can- the real world or in the dream world. Yeah. Yes. That's why I think they're like I might have some explanations for that, but I think it's me working too hard to come up with shortcomings of the the script. Yeah. Because this movie, I think, production-wise, looks better than most of the movies. I definitely think the production is increasing in... Writing-wise, I think it is worse than most of the Mm. movies. Yeah, this one That we've seen so far. Didn't have some great writing on it. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense at all. But let's start with a, a little bit of context, because I've been kind of letting us know where we are in the world of A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. in, in the real world. Oh, in so the real world. So this is coming okay. out in uh, 1988, and really, we are at the height of Freddy Mania. <laughs> Freddy is big. You were born in 88, and mm-hmm. I had no concept of it, but I, I could walk. But I do know that this was a, a huge cultural touchstone bigger than i think we even i realize because at this time you can go to the store you can buy freddy pajamas for your kids <laughs> uh there's freddy toys and this is in a time when not everything has merchandise like mm-hmm. it does now now every movie has a bunch of merchandise but that wasn't a thing then if you're getting toys you have to be like a big property mm-hmm. there was a 1-900 number where you could call and Hear like jokes or scary tales from Freddy. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. And of course, the album Freddy's Greatest Hits, performed by the Elm Street Group, comes out in 1987. So it's like a real thing. It was a, a full album you can buy on probably tape and vinyl and maybe CD. But it had such great hits as "Do the Freddy." Do the 
So Freddy's Greatest Hits is, is terrible. It's mostly uh, generic singing sometimes of like popular old standards and then Freddy just going ha 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 <laughs> over top of it. I thought it was funny that that's how the song started. was just him. Oh, that's how almost all of the songs start on that. Oh, album. okay. And finish. Okay. And have throughout the chorus. <laughs> also, like the last movie, they got some musicians to do music specifically for the movie, but the music isn't in the movie? Yeah, you were saying that when we finished watching it. Because I was waiting for some songs yeah. that I know about, but they weren't in the movie. Huh. First off, there was uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Right. Who everyone knows now because Will Smith is like all famous. Yeah. And weird. I don't like that. But I guess he's been actor Will Smith way longer than he's been the Fresh Prince by yes. this point. <laughs> so I guess I should uh, get over it. But they were asked to do the first one and uh, it didn't work out. Like, New Line rejected the song and the video. Oh. So they made the song, and then um, it didn't go anywhere. And I think New Line sued them to stop them from producing, like, the song on its own, because it took from the Nightmare on Elm Street score. Oh. So there is a song out there somewhere. I think you can still hear the song called A Nightmare on My Street. That's still around, and you can find it. After Fresh Prince was rejected, they went to the Fat Boys, and the Fat Boys made a song called Are You Ready for Freddy? So as far as Freddy-based music goes, that one's a, a better one than all of the yeah. Freddy's greatest hits, I'd say. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's it's, it's very late 80s rap. It, I was going to say, you can't have the late 80s without some sort of rap and synth happening. Yeah. Yeah, actually, at the end of this movie, we'll get there eventually, but it has a very out-of-place, sexy song. Yeah. And then there's some rap in that, too. Yeah. That was a weird, weird choice. Very strange. They should have had this? Yeah. Maybe this is where it was supposed to go. That would make more sense. It's less sexy. Yeah. And it makes more sense than that. But you should uh, check out the video for Are You Ready for Freddy? We'll put a, a link in the, the show notes. <laughs> it's Kruger time. That's what I want. I want a shirt that says that. Oh, I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> Do you want it with the fat boys on it or with Freddy on it? Freddy, obviously. Okay. So this movie, like the last few, was pushed into production way, way too soon. So they had a hard time finding a director. They had one person, I can't remember who it was, but it was like an actual name. Mm. And he's like, yeah, okay, so these are some things I want to do and want to change. And the producer, who's that dick that I talked about in the last movies, <laughs> uh, Shay, was like, oh, yeah, you can't change any of that. We don't have the time. And we already started shooting. And they're like, how did you start shooting? You, you don't have a director. a director. And they're like, director is not important. Don't worry because about it. Because that's the kind of guy Shay, Robert Shay mm. is. So then they end up hiring uh, Rennie Harlan, and he is goes on to do some pretty big stuff. Because at this time, he hadn't really done much, but he would go on to direct a lot of pretty big things, like uh, Die Hard 2, oh. Cliffhanger, Long Kiss Goodnight. He did that 2004 Exorcist movie. And then worked into TV and all sorts of other stuff. And had like a career in China as well. Oh, wow. And I think, I'm not positive on this. I think he married Gina Davis. Did he? I think so. That clearly is his, his greatest work. Yeah, he was married to Gina Davis from 1993 to 1998. Wow. Well, first, uh, the producer doesn't want to hire him because he's because he's Finnish, first of all. And he's like, well, I don't like that. Like, who knows what they're up to over there? And uh, because he, like, ate beans. Hmm. We were watching that interview. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I didn't want to hire him. He's, like, in his room eating beans. 
So that was the thing against him. But he decided to hire him because he was tall. And the producer says, like, on the record, he's like, oh, yeah, he was a tall guy. And I know that the directors won't be allowed to sleep much because of our production schedule. So I wanted to get someone who was physically strong. And that was why they hired him. So this producer, like we always say, has um, no idea of movies as art. It doesn't consider them art. It's just mm-hmm. like a business. We need to get through this. I need a it's big, a product, strong guy yeah. to do it. Huh. So that's how Rennie Harland was hired. That's a really interesting set of criteria to hire someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not hiring a linebacker. <laughs> no, or like a male model. Well, let's get into the plot of the movie and we can discuss our favorite parts and uh, less favorite parts throughout. So 1988, the year that I was born. Yeah. Uh, so we are a year after the events of... Episode three? No, movie number three. Um, And Kristen Kincaid and Joey have been released from the Psychiatric Institute to live their lives. And they all just happen to be at the same school now. And um, Kristen is starting to dream and think that Freddy Krueger is coming back. So here's me doing some work for them. Mm -hmm. Because, like, how does he come back? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because he's been buried. He's... Like, they did we the did thing. We did the whole thing, and she defeated him. Yeah. In part one, we have that idea that he feeds on fear, and turning your back on him is how you defeat him. Mm. So her being perpetually scared is what is giving him strength to resurrect him. Oh, so uh-huh. the more scared you are. Oh, right, because in, was it the first one where she's like, if I'm not scared of you, you can't hurt me? Yeah, so I think that is... I don't know if that's intentional, but if I'm trying to explain away some nonsense, that's how I'd explain it. You're going to have to explain away a lot of nonsense in this movie. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) We also discover that Kristen can still bring Joey and Kincaid into her dreams, or like whoever she's thinking about, really, and um, that they are not a fan of it. (laughs) And she gets bitten by Kincaid's dog in the dream and wakes up and has like a big slash out of her arm. Yeah, this movie starts again like so many of the movies do with uh, arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. And this time it's chalk yeah. drawings and, and we're at the big house. I don't get why the dog bites her. Yeah, the dog But I doesn't... have a theory that I might bring up later. Okay. The dog doesn't really seem to make any like sense or change anything in the movie. Yeah. Well, the dog is the catalyst for everything, no. actually. Oh, right. And the dog is named Jason, which is a fun little thing because I think they're biggest rivals at the time. I was going to ask you if that was like Jason, Jason. I think so. Even though I know nothing about Jason, but... I think that it's a nod to that. Okay. And also, this movie, um, it probably doesn't matter for most people, but there's a lot of Hellraiser going on. I think this must have come out just a little bit after the first Hellraiser movie. What's Hellraiser? Hellraiser is another series of films. And the first one came out, I think, not too long before this. And there's a lot of scenes in this that look very Hellraiser-esque. So I think there's an influence from that one, which is something we hadn't seen in the other ones because Hellraiser just came out. Right. So they're like, let's rip off a little of that. (laughs) The reason that Kincaid gives for why the dog bit her is my maybe favorite line (laughs) in all of it. And she says, like, look at this, referring to her dog bite. And he says, that don't mean dick. My dog is like me. Drag him into your crazy dreams and he gets wild. (laughs) You know what? fair that is fair you drag him into if you drug me into your crazy dream i might get wild so after that Kristen sees her friends at school and um you get to meet a few more characters including her boyfriend rick and their friends rick's sister alice sheila who is described on Wikipedia as an asthmatic genius. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there because that's funny. Let's, let's go back a little bit. So Rick and is Alice's brother. Mm-hmm. Rick is, I would assume, clearly a Corey Haim type because I think Lost Boys might have come out the year before. <laughs> and a little bit of a Christian Slater as well. He's one of those. He looks like he listens to Duran Duran and watched Karate Kid too many times. Too many times. He's like transformed their garage into a karate studio. 
And we get to meet yeah. Rick and Alice's dad, who is a dick for no reason, yeah. like parents in these movies tend to be. It's true. You can't trust the adults. And Sheila is then like the nerd character or yeah. the asthmatic genius. The I asthmatic guess. genius. <laughs> and one thing I know about her is she has a lot of her lines dubbed because the Finnish director claimed that this black woman didn't sound black enough. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yikes. Um, and we also meet Debbie, who is a t- described as a tough girl who does not like bugs. I really like whoever wrote this Wikipedia. <laughs> so the bug thing, she says she doesn't like bugs. She opens a bag of chips and there's a cockroach on one. That's fair. And she's upset about that and stomps it. And we're like, whoa, she really hates bugs. <laughs> I think that's pretty fair. If I open something sealed and there's bugs in it, I would lose my mind if there was a bug on something that i was about to put in my mouth Mm -hmm. yeah you're allowed to freak out a little bit you're allowed to throw that on the ground that's fine she went back and kept eating the rest of the bag so i I don't think she's that (laughs) off bugs yeah true and she talks about working out all the time Mm -hmm. like she only has like six lines in this movie but every time she's like i'm gonna go work out out. yeah but she doesn't like wear fitness clothes or that's yeah and then when she does work out, she doesn't. She has very large hair. She has very large I hair. I want to know how they did her hair because that is some incredible volume. It was the 80s, man. Yeah. So Kincaid falls asleep and he wakes up in a junkyard and he witnesses. Wait, does he? Fall asleep. Yes. <laughs> no. He's sitting in his chair and he gets sucked out of his chair. Yeah. There's not a bit of him falling to sleep. No. So. This is where things already start to get confusing about what is real and what is a dream. So he is back in the junkyard and he sees that Freddy has been resurrected. And we get this really gross scene where he's like reanimating. But first, what causes the reanimation? Oh, yes. Kincaid's dog is with him and pees fire. What? Yeah. And then Freddy is resurrected. Kincaid's dog is pulled through space and maybe time Mm -hmm. to a junkyard where Jason the dog pees fire, (laughs) which causes an earthquake and causes Freddy's bones to grow flesh and Freddy explodes out of the ground. Yes. Why? Movie? But why does it... (laughs) No, it doesn't make any sense. I think... Jason, much like the other Jason, is an agent of hell. Mm. Something of a hellhound. Just biting people and peeing fire that resurrects demons. And can be pulled into dreams. Because we haven't had any other animals in dreams. But also, this isn't a dream. No. Because this has real world ramifications. Mm -hmm. But also, it is a dream because when it does this big zoom out, we see that Kincaid is on a planet of junkyard. Junkyard planet. Junkyard planet, yeah. Was it real? Yes, because Freddy is back, but maybe that just needed to happen in a dream. Then what's the point of the bones? I think the bones are physically gone. Mm -hmm. In this movie, dreams aren't like as much of a state of mind as a location. Like you can walk into one room and it's a dream room. And then Mm -hmm. the next room is a reality room. Huh. So anything whole, goes. Yeah. Anything goes is what they, the rules they are out the window. Forget all the rules you learned last movie. Yeah. And I think <laughs> Jason works for Freddy. I like that. The effect of Freddy kind of reconstituting himself though was great. It was pretty cool. It's kind of gross, but pretty cool. Yeah. I think a very similar effect happens in Hellraiser One. <laughs> <laughs> so we are just borrowing a lot from them. Borrow is a kind word. Stealing. Yeah. <laughs> And he kills Kincaid, and they both have some good lines. Like, early Freddy in this movie has some good lines, Mm -hmm. because he kills Kincaid, and Kincaid says, see you in hell, and Freddy says, tell him Freddy sent you. That's fun. That's fun. Kincaid has to get one last line in. I like that. Yeah, and I like that Freddy's getting more catchphrases. He has more lines in this movie, Mm -hmm. but in part three, every line was a pun, which I kind of prefer. (laughs) Less talking, but when you do, it's something really dumb. (laughs) Uh, Then we get a scene of Joey watching TV, and I didn't know MTV had commercials. Joey is in his room, and he falls asleep, maybe? 
Maybe. <laughs> I think this one is potential because he's, he's at least his, laying he's on, on his bed. bed. Yeah. yeah, so it makes more sense that he might have nodded off. Um, and he sees a model from one of his posters naked inside his waterbed mattress. Yeah. He's like trying to get to her and then all of a sudden Freddy jumps out and kills him. Great effect. It looked good it as looked, well. It was very cool. What happened though in the real world? Because in the real world he is then discovered by his mom in Inside. the bed. So Freddy's magic. Well, yeah, he was kind of always magic, but at least the real world stuff. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. He does whatever he wants. Whatever. Joey and Kincaid are dead. And I was like shocked at how quickly two people from the last movie died. Yeah, I thought they would last the movie mm-hmm. maybe and th- they would be reoccurring characters. But they just got rid of them so fast because they're like, no, no, this is just a handoff. Like, forget that movie. That movie's junk. Here we go. We're starting something new. Um, and then the next day at school, nobody's told Kristen that her friends are dead. And she notices that they're not in school. And um, she knocks herself unconscious because she's freaking out so much that they're probably dead. I thought that was kind of fun because it kind of was a different way for her to reach the dream world. Yeah, and she sees Freddy the nurse. Nurse Freddy. Yeah, that was fun. You said it looked like Robert England in a wig. Yeah, and then it was. <laughs> <laughs> so once Kristen's like up and around, she finds out that Joey and Kincaid are dead, and she decides now that she's going to kill Freddy. So later at home, Kristen is eating dinner with her mother, and she realizes that her mom has drugged her with sleeping pills. Because none of the adults seem to understand that bad things happen in dreams, even though that's all the children tell them. Yeah, the mom is in the long line of parents who are assholes in this. And she's angry that she's looking at the house. Like, she has some sort of fear of the Mm -hmm. Kruger house. But then she also has no fear because she's willing to drug her daughter, whose friends all died in their sleep in the last year. Yeah. And she did murder Freddy Krueger. She was mm-hmm. part of that. So she knows that that really happened. Yeah. But all she can say to her daughter when she's trying to figure out the mystery is just going, Andale! Andale! Yeah. And she just keeps screaming Andale at her to make her come home, where she proceeds to drug her. And Kristen says, you just murdered me. Take that to your goddamn therapy. (laughs) Yeah. And turns out, yep, she was right. She murdered her. Literally murdered her. Because then she goes upstairs. There's this really odd spinny shot with lots of weird camera work. Because I guess that's Harlan's kind of thing. There's a lot of more camera movement in this than any of the other ones. Yeah, they have a bigger camera movement budget. Well, the bigger budget in general. This was uh, by far the highest budget thus far. Hmm. I think it shows. The special effects are better. Yeah. Yeah. And we were also introduced to Dan. Right. Who has no reason to be in this movie. No, he's like, (laughs) what a dreamy jock. And then... Has no personality, doesn't add to the plot, but is by the end of it, one of the two main characters. Yeah. And he also, I don't think he really is fighting Freddy. I think he's just there by accident. He's always just there. Yeah. He's not angry or sad or concerned. He's just there. Yeah. Why is Dan in this movie? I think they should have kept Rick around for longer because the brother-sister, that would be fun, Mm -hmm. rather than sister and some guy she's never met. That would be way better. But in this dream, because she does, of course, fall asleep because of the, the sleeping pills... She's on a beach because Alice, her friend who's kind of uh, shy and her dad makes fun of her for what she wears. <laughs> yeah. So Alice is um, like a quiet, yeah. unassuming girl. She, she seems like she has a hard life. But she knows about dream masters, <laughs> apparently, and she can control her dreams. Yeah. So she tells Kristen, just think of like a happy place. And Kristen wakes up on the beach and she's happy about it. But of course... We're going to do a little play on Jaws and we have a Freddy shark. I liked this and how he continues going into the sand and everything. I kind of did. But then, like everything in this movie, now that I think about it, he explodes out of the sand. Mm -hmm. Explosions aren't scary. 
scary. No. Well, it's a different kind of it's scary. It's like shock. Yeah. Like you might be like, oh my God, that exploded. Not like, ah. It's, it's not terror yeah. inducing. Unless it's like a terrorist explosion. But that's a different <laughs> kind of terror. Different terror. That's not, not what we're movie. going for here. We're going for horror movie terror. Yeah. She gets caught in quicksand, which every kid from the 80s, that's our biggest fear. Mm-hmm. We are all very scared of quicksand. I thought and it being would be more prevalent. Yeah. <laughs> we all learn how to stop, drop, and roll. And how to like position your body if you're ever stuck in quicksand. But uh, I guess the modern equivalent of that is lockdowns for school shooters. True. But that actually happens. Let's just, of course. Yeah. If I said like, man, another class lost to quicksand. <laughs> yeah, that would be so scary. I would rather that. Yeah, because that's like a natural disaster. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah. They don't listen in quicksand class. <laughs> And then in the dream, Freddy just straight up throws Kristen into the furnace. Yeah. And it was kind of funny. It looked, this looked bad. It didn't. It looked like he gave her the bums rush. Yeah. <laughs> like he was throwing her out of a bar because she was drunk. And then something about it made her, like her body movements almost looked like a ghost. Oh. Like she looked really liquid when she went in as opposed to like what a body would look like going into something. But I guess it's magic. It's Freddy. Yeah, this one was actually a dream. So yeah. whatever goes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. As she dies, her soul goes into Freddy because mm-hmm. in the last one we established, Freddy gets his powers by absorbing souls. He eats them? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more topical. I think he oh, absorbs them. he like rubs them on himself and then he becomes stronger? Is yes. he trying to be stronger? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he gets stronger with more souls. Okay. Just before Kristen is tossed into the boiler, Alice gets called into her dream. Yeah, and then when she dies, the soul goes into Freddy, but the power goes into Alice. Mm-hmm. So we get another kind of passing of the torch thing, just like we had from Nancy to Kristen mm-hmm. as the the lead in this. Now we are going from Kristen to Alice, and we kind of have our chain of final girls, but they're not in there in the final. No. It's not like um, Halloween, you get your Jamie Lee Curtis and she sticks. Yeah. These ones are just like, you know, every movie, let's yeah, just get like a movie, new. movie and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Alice wakes up and they rush to Christian, Kristen's house and her bedroom's just on fire. Yeah. She, her body is burning and yeah. nobody tries to put it out or call for help. And They're the rest like, of the house seems fine. It's just her room. Well, I think it was her body. Okay. Because she was burned in her dream. Yes. Now Alice is. Would you call her a final girl? Or is she? Well, you can't be the final girl until it's the end. Until the end. Okay. So, you live. so Alice is now in charge of dream powers. Yeah. And um, she falls asleep during an exam. I don't think she does. No? No, because this is kind of Sheila's dream. Right. Sheila, who has now made a, um electric bug. Noise maker? Yeah. Whatever. She's an asthmatic genius. You know how they are. (laughs) Always making bug things. Very nerdy, very studious, and is taking a test. So Mm -hmm. how does she fall asleep? Yeah, this doesn't seem like a time when she would fall asleep. Here's my theory if I'm doing more work than this movie requires. To make it So we get it established earlier that Alice is a daydreamer. Mm. She daydreams. She daydreams about Dan coming over to her. And about her dad and things like that. Her brother says like, oh, you know, just um, think it, then believe it. Like this. And he shows her how to kick. I don't mm-hmm. know what that has to do with anything. Yeah, that it was, was a, a weird, weird scene. Yeah. But also Sheila is all about, oh, mind over matter. And maybe if you take those two lessons, you combine it with the daydreaming and you combine it with Kristen's ability to pull people into dreams. Mm-hmm. Maybe Alice is daydreaming. And pulls Sheila into it. Oh, because she can, yeah, because she's in charge of dreams now. Yeah. That uh, kind of That works. makes more sense. But it doesn't work earlier on when Kincaid gets pulled into like a real world thing and then is also a dream, but also the real world. Yeah. But this does make sense. Yeah, kind of. Because then Freddy shows up and literally sucks the life out or of Sheila. Which is new for Freddy. We haven't yeah, seen him do that Yeah, and it was before. kind of a disturbing effect because you see this like empty 
skin body. She's like a raisin of a human. Yeah. But in the real world, she's just having an asthma attack. Yeah. And then she dies and was like, yeah, asthma attack. What can you do? (laughs) One thing I found really frustrating in this movie is no one has appropriate reactions to everyone that they know dying. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe Alice and Kristen do. Yeah, that. but like the guys don't really seem to care. And like the other girls aren't like upset. And we don't even need to go in the actual scene. But there's this <laughs> one shot where Rick goes to console Alice, but she's like 10 feet away and he <laughs> yeah. sprints there. And it's just very funny to watch. He like, Yeah, he's like bent over full tilt running. <laughs> <laughs> just for like 10 steps yeah. and then he stops. And then Dan or whoever... In my notes, I say, why is this guy in the main plot now? He comes to check on Alice. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. They've never talked before. No. But it's like nice that he did that, but yeah. we don't know that they know each other. Yeah. If I saw some girl and all of her friends were dying and I had never talked to her, I probably wouldn't pick that moment. Yeah. I would give her like, space. I don't belong in this situation. Yeah. I'm just going to. Yeah. Maybe like in the hallway be like, hey, I hope you're doing okay. But not like I'm going to go to your house. <laughs> into your room and make sure you're okay. And then we get a good insight into the Ohio State curriculum in high school. Oh, yeah. Because they're teaching about dream masters in class. (laughs) (laughs) So this is like a thing that happens in horror movies where there is a teenager who's spacing out in class and you don't really listen to what the teacher is saying. Mm -hmm. But if you listen, it actually elucidates a part of the plot. Right. Like... In the first one, when he's giving that speech from Hamlet, there's a lot of parallels you could draw. And you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. In this one, though, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, let's play on something that actually teaches you something about the plot. What can we do that's subtle? Just How about we tell the you what a dream master <laughs> <Yeah>. is? <laughs> I'm just going to say the plot now. <laughs> <laughs> let's just mention the title of the movie a bunch. And all the kids are like, oh, yeah, dream master. And they're taking notes really studiously and everything. <laughs> and he says, like, you better better pay attention dream masters are on the final yeah that was always my least favorite thing in school was dream master class yeah. no was when teachers would teach something and then say like hope you're paying attention it's on the final and like maybe you weren't having a good notes day or something that day because it was like but then you know what to true i think that's probably a good thing i don't I'd remember like that ever happened to know that beforehand the next thing I'm going to tell yeah. you will be on the final? Yeah. Hmm. And then you're like, really? Well, maybe you should pay attention. Uh, we know that's not my strong suit. <laughs> not daydream like Kristen yes. or Alice. Well, Alice. Alice is the daydream. I might get the names mixed up a few times. So meanwhile, her brother Rick is falling asleep on the toilet? Yeah. So this is a weird scene. And I turned to you and said, does this happen in real life? Yeah. What did there's you like, mean by what's the this? The when all the cheerleaders yeah, come Yeah, there's in? like six cheerleaders in the stall with him then. So you're a cheerleader. So I should ask you, does this happen in real life? I've never done that before. You've never cheered in a toilet stall? No. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, no. I think it happens all the time. Yeah. Why were you asking me if that happens? I don't know. Like if anyone had cheered for me in a stall? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I thought maybe it's like a boys bathroom thing. Where female cheerleaders come in. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. (laughs) Again, I think you're the person to ask about this. True. So Samantha, who frequently cheers in toilets. (laughs) I do not. I've never cheered in a toilet. Used to. You don't do that anymore. I've never cheered in a toilet. You just coach others to cheer in toilets. No. How much of... (laughs) The annual cheer schedule is dedicated to toilet cheers. Zero. <laughs> there's zero it's Not what I was cheering. led to believe. Okay. <laughs> so there's no real theme to this uh, dream sequence because no. there's people cheering for him a to- in a toilet and then he sees his dead ex-girlfriend, because Kristen. Yeah, it was like, make me laugh. Yeah. And then he's in a scary elevator. Mm-hmm. And then he's in a set that's meant to look like a Japanese dojo, Mm -hmm. but in fact looks like a Bonnie Tyler music video. And there's a few Thai statues from that Thai restaurant in the last movie in it. (laughs) And there's just like a lot of floaty curtains. Yeah. That's how you know it's a dream. I assume something happened here. Like they had a big effect and it didn't work or they ran out of money and this was the last Mm. thing. Because then we get the ultimate in cop-outs 
And I've used this in movies when I was like 14 and we <laughs> couldn't do any effects. He fights an invisible Freddy. Oh. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can see what you mean about like maybe there was something that was supposed to be there. Something good. And then they're just like, oh, how about you fight nothing? <laughs> so it's just this boy punching the air and then he dies. Yeah. It wasn't scary. There wasn't a distinct theme to it. You could say that the other deaths kind of play on the fears that they already had. Mm-hmm. But this one is, I don't know. It's way out I there. I guess his fear was fighting an invisible monster. <laughs> and he manages to get Freddy's glove off. But we then learn that Freddy doesn't need to be wearing the glove. He is the glove. And then the glove gets up and stabs him. Yeah. And then in the real world, all the windows explode. Again, another explosion. Yeah. Too many explosions in this. Save it for Die Hard, Renny. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the funeral, there was a really stupid bit where Rick wakes up in uh, in Alice's mind, of course, and Mm -hmm. says, like, I'm not dead. What's going on here? Do these people think I'm dead? That's crazy, because I'm not. That was all just a joke. Just kidding. That's a joke. I'm dead. Bye now. Yeah. Why did that why, happen? Why did that need to be in the movie? Well, we're really shitting on this movie, but at the time I was like, no, it's pretty fun. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. No, but and don't especially try. The farther you get into it, we're we're trying to make sense of it, True. and that's our biggest mistake. <laughs> just enjoy that. Sometimes your arms break and cockroach arms comes out. <laughs> that's just a thing that happens. That's gross. And then Dan says, oh, mind over matter, because Alice says mind over matter. Sheila used to say that she's changing after every death. Thanks, Dan. You just met her. You'd never spoken to her before. How do you know she changed? And thank you, directors, for just like throwing that little tidbit in there. Because when I was watching it, I was like, oh, it's kind of interesting. She's gaining powers for yeah. each person who dies and then they just tell you and i was like oh, okay yeah. and i like her is skipping ahead of it but i like her final outfit where she's strapping on each of the things from her friends yeah we'll get to that because at this point she's gotten some powers she starts smoking so she got that power yeah. the and power of smoking she got also got asthma from sheila so it's a bad combination it is mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't start smoking if you have asthma so we establish she gets powers when people die Mm-hmm. She brings people into the dreams. Yes. Is she the villain of this movie? Oh. She is killing everyone off to gain their power. Oh. <laughs> to become the dream master, the ultimate dream master. Because the other dream master is Freddy, of course. Yeah. And she wants to be as powerful mm-hmm. as Freddy. I think Jason works for Freddy and Alice is the second villain. Oh. That's my take. That's your take. I like that take, though. That's interesting and different and would be a great twist in a so great movie. Yeah, they should have gone with that. Yeah. We'll get it there at the end. But now the, the workout girl who always mention, mentions how she's working out all the time. She's going to bench press so much. Yeah. So we have so many shots of her putting her arms up to the bar, but never lifting Like actually it. doing anything? She just, they won't show her do it. She's like one of those girls at the gym who just takes like Instagram photos yeah. and does like the bare minimum. But just so that she looks like she's doing it on her Instagram photo. I think that's what she's doing. Yeah. She's an early Instagram girl. And then the workout is cross-cut with this sequence of Alice. I don't know if she falls asleep, but she physically goes to a movie theater? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is a dream. It's clearly a dream. Yeah. But I don't remember her falling asleep. Let's say she falls asleep. And she's like, she can see herself asleep in the theater, too. Right. Like, she can see when she gets sucked into the screen. Well, yeah, so they go and uh, Reefer Madness is playing because that is a movie that the copyright lapsed. And that was one of the first things that New uh, Line ever acquired. Oh, they own Reefer Madness. They did. I'm not sure if they still mm. do. And so they have the rights to that. So they're watching that. And the sequence where she's in the audience and then gets pulled into the screen, mm-hmm. I thought was great. That was pretty cool. Especially because, like, the popcorn and everything is going beforehand and you can really feel the, like, you can almost feel the suction. Yeah. And the movie sure sucked. And then when she actually flies into the screen, though, that cut of her hitting the screen and then falling into the movie world, yeah. I thought that looked great. It was very, like, Wizard of Oz. Because she goes into black and yeah, white. Yeah, and the wind and everything. Like the sounds, it sounds like Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then when she stands up and kind of gets her bearings in the dream or in the movie, I guess, uh, she can see herself sleeping in like the back of the movie theater. So she did go to a real movie theater and fell asleep? I think so. Maybe she's trying to do the thing where she tries to keep herself awake. And she thought, but like, the movie theater seemed like weren't the other people in it dead people? Were they? I thought it was like the people who had died already. Oh, I you know what? Thought I thought it was know. just random people. I think there's so much in this that nothing is clearly reality or a dream, and often you'll go in between them in the same scene, but without mm-hmm. telling anyone. Yeah, so it is, doesn't really matter. No. <laughs> and Alice gets to see her biggest fear because she said, like, oh, my biggest fear is working as a waitress forever. So mm-hmm. she gets to see old Alice, which I thought the makeup was fine. Yeah. I thought um, it was a good way to do it. I was thinking that it was going to be Robert England again. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he plays every, like, side character that doesn't, like, really matter. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, but instead, Freddy's right with her. Yeah, and they eat a soul pizza. Together. Which has all the souls of her friends. And yeah. then there's like that gross meatball. Yeah, he like eats a meatball that has a face on it. Mm-hmm. It was gross. This was a gross scene. And speaking of gross scenes, then we go back to her ready to finally lift a weight. And she lifts the first one. And her arms snap off. She's clearly not sleeping because she's working out. Yeah. And we have her in the real world go and start the workout. Then her arms snap off and then cockroach arms come out. Mm -hmm. And then she realizes she's in one of those little like roach sticky pads. Yeah, the roach motel. She gets stuck in the glue. And I think, again, it looked great because she turns into pretty much a cockroach. And then gets stuck in the roach motel and then Freddy squishes it. (laughs) Yes. What happened to her real world body? I don't know. We never get to see it. Well, that was the real world at the beginning of that scene. Yes. So she molted her body off. Yes. Into being a full cockroach. Okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, already it didn't make a lot of sense. But this is when it really stops making mm-hmm. sense. Because then, I ha- don't even remember how... Alice gets out of the dream, but the next thing I remember, (laughs) she's in a time loop with Dan. Mm -hmm. And they just keep running around the corner of the diner into the truck. So in the movie, there's a diner. Yes. So she goes to a real theater, Mm -hmm. falls asleep, goes into the screen where there is a diner. Then she comes out of the diner and real world Dan is there? Yeah. What? Yeah. Because they were supposed to meet up that night. Yes. But I assume it had been hours because she went to a movie. Although maybe that was a dream. (laughs) Maybe. But they have this time loop thing that goes on a couple times. And it's a fun idea. I don't think it adds anything to this, though. Length. Yeah. Yeah. That's about (laughs) it. And then they crash the car or truck into Freddy. Yes. And Dan is injured in the real world. Yes. We think. We think. Well, kind of yes, kind Mm. of no. Because then he gets into an ambulance. The ambulance looks like a dream. Because it's like lime green lighting inside the ambulance and like purple lighting outside. So I assumed it was a dream. So unless everything is a dream, which is a distinct possibility. But then like why? Why does any of this matter? Yeah. Then why isn't Freddy doing Freddy stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. But she says, don't let him go to sleep. So then that seems like it's real. But then when they get to the hospital, her dad's already there waiting, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like dream logic. But it's also just bad writing logic, which this movie has a lot of too. So it's hard to tell what's what. And then she's like, all right, he's um, going into surgery. Don't let them anesthetize you. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving. And then she leaves and she drives home. Which would kind of show you that it's not a dream, yeah. because, or else she could just like fly through a mirror and there. Just be home, yeah. Yeah, but she drives home, and then there's that montage you loved. So yeah, that was fun because she's putting on pieces of her friends' like wardrobes, I guess. Mm. I don't know. There's like a bracelet and a belt, and her brother's um, headband. Headband, and um, it's kind of fun because she's like getting ready for battle. You like. 
get this montage of her getting ready. And as she's doing that, too, she's also taking the pictures off of the mirror. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the movie, she had her mirror completely covered and her brother says, you can't see yourself. And she says, I don't want to see myself. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, okay, she doesn't have the confidence. And this is, of course, very heavy-handedly showing that she is now gaining the confidence as she gains these powers. And now she can look at herself and she takes down the pictures of her friends. But Mm -hmm. also... When you're taking down the pictures of your friends, they're all dead. You think you'd want to keep them up there and look yeah. at them? <laughs> she seems to take the pictures down as they die. Yes. Also kind of like someone who has a checklist would. It is as kind if of a checklist. she is killing them off. And now she's like, I have no need for you all anymore. Ooh. Takes them down because now she has their powers, which is the only reason she really kept them around. That's so Alice sick. is the villain of this movie. Al- Alice is apparently the villain of this movie. And I kind of like the idea that in the first movie, it was like about one hero. And then in the third, we get a a team of heroes. Mm -hmm. And now we get like a team of heroes acting through one person. Mm Because they're trying to think like, what else can we do that's a little new? Because she now has their powers, but they're not physically in the movie anymore. And she also does her hair and makeup at this point. Yes. Which is not something that she does throughout the rest of the movie. She's in a lot of movies, we get someone who is supposed to be like quiet and shy and mm-hmm. awkward, and then they become beautiful later on and strong and powerful. And you're like, no, but even at the beginning of this movie, you still looked like Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Like, I, I know, funny face, you're doing some good work here, but you're making fun of how this person looks. It's still Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. I think it worked quite well in this one. Yeah. I completely believed this transition because I think at the beginning, she did look. Like an ordinary high school girl mm-hmm. who's very shy. And at the end, I did believe that she was powerful and confident and had that strength. Mm-hmm. She, uh, yeah, I liked this scene because you can kind of see her, I don't know, powering up might be the wrong way to put it. But she seems to be like gathering in the power of her friends. Yeah. So then in maybe the real world... Dan is anesthetized. So he goes to more sleep. Yeah. Was this already a dream? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe? It doesn't make sense if it was the real world, but no. it doesn't make sense if it was a dream either. No. So he goes to second sleep, let's say. The doctors put him under, but it doesn't really change anything because it was a dream? I don't know. But then Alice jumps through a mirror Yeah. in her home to get there. Yeah, kind of like how her friend was sucked into a mirror. Yeah, but then it's revealed that Dan was really in the hospital and almost died. Yeah, in the, in the crash, but yeah. they crashed into Freddy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But he's surgeons are like, oh, you're gonna be okay now, and Alice is fully in the dream only with Freddy. Yeah, she has her big showdown. She has gymnastics power. Mm-hmm. She has dream pulling power. She has smoking power. She can lift a 10-pound barbell. Yeah, she's punching powers. She has punching power. She watched Karate Kid like 74 times. <laughs> she also has a machine that emits a high-pitched noise. Mm-hmm. And that Yeah, that works. And you That's can take some, it into a dream with you. You can yeah. apparently like connect it to something. <laughs> yeah. And it shoots like a ray of destruction. So when she meets Freddy, there's the sequence where she, that goes on way too long. She keeps punching Freddy. And Freddy, of course, she goes, ha, 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 Yeah. And she keeps doing it, about 75 punches, and then he keeps laughing. And then she does a flip away, and then they start fighting, and now every punch matters. Yeah, and Nothing changed. she's actually beating Freddy at that point. So that's when she then uses the bug machine. She just grabs a cable out of the wall and plugs it into the noisemaker yeah and it shoots a hole through freddy mm-hmm. causing freddy great pain and we can but then see she, his heart beating but then she stops yeah and she goes oh okay and then she just looks at him and she waits and then freddy goes oh that killed me but no it didn't and he just makes himself better he's magic should have just shot his head off yeah. or like you know, continue going yeah with it. don't just stop just continue <laughs> going so alice is almost losing the battle and she remembers a nursery rhyme called the dream master yeah i think that 
same type of blonde girl who's in every movie doing rhymes. Doesn't she start saying it again? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, all the children are around. Oh, yeah, there's, like, a whole choir. Yeah, there's, like... Also, like, like that Bonnie Tyler video. Hmm. Huh. Weird. <laughs> um, and so they're singing this nursery rhyme, and she realizes that if she turns a mirror to him, he'll explode. If a dream master, but not her, <laughs> I guess sees their reflection they die yeah so then she just goes like hey look at this mirror and he goes ah and that's it yeah and his death though stupidest reason of all of them yes best effect and actual death of maybe any death we've seen thus far Mm -hmm. because all of those souls that are in him start reaching out and grabbing onto stuff yeah grabbing onto stuff to hold him there and then also tearing him apart Mm -hmm. from the inside it was pretty cool it was amazingly well done to do it they just got a bunch of naked people in a like a big latex wall really yeah oh that's fun and Um, they didn't uh, strap it down or anything so it fell and everyone really hurt themselves really yeah Oh. <laughs> very shoddy production. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it. Still a very shoddy production. So you can see the souls like leaving Freddy's mouth and um, they all say goodbye. Yeah. Bye. See you Bye, later. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for freeing us. Yeah. And then um, Alice wins. And that's the end. Yeah. We then cut forward to, I guess, the future, hopefully reality. And now her and Dan are a couple for some reason. I don't know why. And they're at a fountain and we get to see a reflection of Freddy. Oh, but is he there? Is he not? I don't know. We'll find out in the next movie. Yeah. And then we just have sexy music at the end. Yeah. Inappropriately sexy music. And that's it. That's another Nightmare on Elm Street. So we said we were going to do this in the last one, but we didn't. How would you rate the four movies you've seen thus far? What's your order of preference? I'd say three, one, two, four. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. I go one, three, four, two. Yeah. That's also another order you could do. <laughs> it is. I don't know. I had a it hard is, time and because I, did. I have a hard time differentiating between four and two, just because like the rules were neither there were good, and they were just like weren't great. I think this one looked good. Mm-hmm. I think some of the deaths in this were pretty fun. Like the the final with uh, Freddy being pulled apart, I think is one of the best effects in in the series so far. Oh, okay. I think this is a a fine movie. Mm-hmm. I think it looks cool. I think it's pretty fun. I don't think it makes sense, but you know what? Don't think about it. <laughs> don't think too hard. <laughs> it's like a eating a bean burrito at Taco Bell. Just don't, Just think, don't about think about it. Too- about it. Just kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Don't think about it too hard. Don't think about what it's doing to you. Or the texture. What might happen to you in the future. <laughs> or what happened to make this or the better options there are out there yeah, well, you that, those ordered. don't matter right no. now it's just this and you know what have a good time just you and a bean burrito just have a good time with yep. it, you know I and like that. that's what you should do with dream queen what's it called dream, <laughs> dream master, master. <laughs> dream master um yeah it, it expands the mythology i think it's effective in creating a new hero being going from one to a group to a group within one that's kind of fun yeah the idea that now they can get off of like he has to kill the Elm Street kids. Yeah. We got away from that. And we played real loose with what actual reality is, but they did introduce a few new kind of rules to the mythology, so it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. I'm excited to see where it goes next. Yeah. I liked that they showed how the dream keeper person can be passed along. Yeah. I liked that. And I liked um, that she can, like, absorb people's essence, basically. I hope the next movie, she's the villain Mm -hmm. and is killing people and getting stronger and stronger. She should. Shouldn't she get Freddy's powers now? Right, because she killed Freddy. So Kristen should have had Freddy's powers then, too. Well, she never had dream power stealing power. Right. She had pulling you into the dream power. Right. I think. I think the writers don't even know. So I think we're arguing about stuff that nobody ever thought about (laughs) outside of fans. It never came up. (laughs) Yeah. 
that's the answer to most of this, I think. I think so. So our second sponsor of the episode is the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. Hosted and produced by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden, it explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells those stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com. And you can join us back here in just a couple of days where we are going to be watching A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Samantha, any guesses on what the subtitle of this one is? Um, Dream It On Again. Dream It On Again. Correct. That is it. <laughs> so join us next week. I don't know. In, in a few days because we're doing two a week right now. Yes. So you know what? Just keep listening and we're going to have... A full episode on A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Dreamin' On Again. <laughs> Woo! Bye!